Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the P1 podcast with Matt and Tommy. It's Monaco GP edition. We're ready to talk about a rather delightful Monaco Grand Prix, or at least there was a small pocket of delight which caused all kinds of chatter to talk about. If this is the first bit of content you are soaking up from us during this Monaco Grand Prix weekend, I want to say a few things. One, there is a DJ still playing outside Sunset Beach Party or something. Apparently it's actually one of the big parties in Monaco, so no sleep uh, for us. Two, we are in Monaco. Um, (laughs) Probably should have said that first, but we're in Monaco, hence the... Strange sofa. We've not purchased this as a part of the business. And us wearing business. shirts as well. We're wearing shirts. We're, we're <laughs> using these mics as well because something went wrong with something that we don't understand. So we thought we would do it again. Like we could have, we could be on that beach right now. <laughs> sorry, oh, I just sorry. touched your leg. <laughs> but instead, we are here recording a podcast because one, we want to talk about the race, and two, we want to share it with all of you lot, don't we, Tommy? Yeah, we can't stay away. Um, we can't. No, it's been an amazing trip, and we were like, this is our chill um but we just we just love this too I much mean, we literally said did we not oh this is an amazing opportunity we'll have like a weekend off not yeah. off but like, yeah, we're like yeah, we'll yeah. take it rather chill there's us literally after the race finishes today going how do we get back to our hotel <laughs> we need to we need to record the podcast we need to record funniest <laughs> tweets if you're thinking or wondering where funniest tweets is is it's slightly delayed because it looks better when I do it at home with the green screen and stuff. So here we are. We're sharing a laptop as well. It's so cute. My God. So many people, by the way, from our posts think we're now a couple. Um, so yeah. make of that what you will. Um, so let's start with my most memorable moment. And no surprise, it's the rain. It the heavens opened. And I was, because we were watching on the wonderful Red Bull Energy Station boat, which we were kind of based at for most of the weekend. We could also go to the Grandstand T2, which is not at turn two. It's towards the end of the lap, just before Raskas. Um, so we could see a bit of the cars, but also you know, base ourselves if we wanted to watch the, the screens and, and know what was going on in the commentary. Um, and I kept looking to the sky with the clouds starting to form, but it didn't really look like it was going to to rain maybe as hard as it ended up doing. No, I didn't think it would rain that hard. It, it looked, and I think a lot of fans said this, it looked like one of those races where it was going to rain after the session or there'd be a threat of rain for the whole race because it was dark clouds. Um, and pretty much as soon as the race started, it got, because it's been so sunny all uh, weekend and then it got so much darker and a bit windier and you're like, this feels like it could rain, but it is Formula One and it always seems to rain after the race but no we got the chaos and boy was it chaotic when it happened it really was because uh, we went from naught to a hundred so quick real quick uh, and that was one of the big talking points of the whole race because we might have had a different winner if things had played out slightly differently a question from Seifel Amran would Fernando have challenged Max for the win if Aston had pitted him for inters instead of slicks now 
I am absolutely 100,000% convinced that if Aston Martin had chosen intermediates in that particular moment where Max had carried on for another lap, Alonso would have won that race. I am convinced. He came out the pits after pitting for another set of mediums, which, by the way, I can actually understand why Aston went yeah, for that, yeah. because it was a gamble. It was like, right, there's going to be a bit of rain, not sure how long it's going to last. This is maybe the, the window, that one lap they maybe saw as him having fresh mediums compared to Max having really shot mediums to, to gain seven, eight, nine seconds on a slippery surface. Um, but yeah, they, they got it wrong, didn't they? They did. I see, like you say, I see why they did it because, like we just said, uh, there's a lot of races where it goes, rain in five minutes, rain in five minutes, and it never comes. So Fernando thought, Let, like, let's go for it, change tyres, do something different to try and win because worst case scenario is still going to finish second anyway even if it did rain because he had such a huge gap to walk on um but i will disagree with you that i don't think alonso would have got ahead but he would have been Come a hell on. of a lot closer Jessica, hold on we're gonna have our first <laughs> argument let me sit up straight Look, people for this like one. it when we disagree yeah no um, okay. i think he had too much of a big gap although that first uh, sorry the second sector was treacherous um i think i and i imagine obviously we're recording straight after the race um i'm sure someone will work it out like how much slower max did in that in that sector and what what it was doing but in terms of whether he would or not like i cannot believe that they did it literally as it happened like he pitted for mediums as the others pitted for inters and then it threw it down yeah then the heavens opened um so let us know which team you're on, Team Matt or Team Tommy, <laughs> as to whether Alonso would have jumped for Stappen uh, if they'd gone for intermediates. I remember you know, very aggressively looking at the intervals when that, that happened. As soon as Alonso pit, I was like, oh my God, if he pits, slippery surface, and then it dries out, and all they ever need is dries, Alonso could literally jump for Stappen in this one lap. It got chaotic. I reckon if those intermediates were stuck on, because it was about a 25-second gap when he came out the pits to Verstappen, that's six seconds he need to make up on intermediates in that middle sector, especially that was basically a swimming pool. It was crazy. The yeah, the the middle sector, even people on the inters were going off. Lance Stroll, but we'll get onto his race. <laughs> oh my god. Mm. We can do it right now. Oh, that's shall my, we? Uh, most memorable moment. Your most memorable moment is the mixed fortunes of the Red Bull and Aston Martin drivers. I don't think I've ever seen a more polar opposite race between teammates that, and you had it in both, you had Verstappen and Alonso basically 20 seconds clear of everyone, unbelievable performances all weekend, and then Stroll and Perez fighting at the back, just constantly having incidents, just, I, I can't think of like, uh, how it could have gone any worse for Perez and Stroll. They had the worst races imaginable you know Perez got lapped twice by Verstappen and Stroll just couldn't keep it out the wall um it's just terrible it's actually a very good good little highlight there from you mm. how yeah it, genuinely their favors were so so different um if you like Stroll or Perez don't watch our driver ratings that's what I'll just say yeah um, because I think they're going to quite a low score I will give Perez the benefit of the doubt that I think he'd only would have been lapped one lap if uh, he wasn't the guinea pig but then the problem is he put himself in that position by crashing and qualifying 
and then having uh, well, I mean, the, the initial start of that strategy was actually really clever, and I thought we, we thought it was going to get thought, a really good result. Oh, that was that's really good. But the problem was, you had people like Logie Sarge, Logie Sarge that was yeah. like driving with three wheels on his car. It seemed like how slowly they were going, and that just caused these massive, massive gaps. And at one point, you thought, oh, Perez, this could work. But as soon as that happened, you're like, ah, oh, it's Monaco. He he had he is stuck no matter what he tries. Ironically, the fact that those two were together, I reckon if Stroll wasn't ahead, because the Aston Martin was clearly a good car, um, you'd argue you know, it's the second best car around there and Alonso proved that. But Perez would have got through a lot easier if he wasn't also stuck behind Stroll and then trying to go past together. I think if Perez had, uh, didn't have someone like Stroll in front of him in quite a quick car, I think he probably would have been able to put the odd move on Logan Sargent or, or whatever. But um, Perez was just waiting for Stroll to pass people before he could go past as well. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't enough of a performance gap between those two cars, no. even because they were both having terrible weekends, that, <laughs> that, yeah, they couldn't make the move happen. Now, there's a question from Domthers11. How long can an economically and success-oriented father protect his son until the goals fail because of his son? Basically, how long is Lance Stroll going to stay in Formula One for? And I will answer that and say for as long as he damn well pleases, because he has his dad. And I, and I think as well, you could turn that on its head and be like, well, he is success driven, so he wants to see his son succeed, and he would not let him just fail. And he will not take him out of a car when he's finally got that. You know, Lawrence has put Lance in a car. And then you know, he, then he took over Racing Point, and then they got better. And now, now Aston Martin is suddenly this top team. He's not going to then take his son out of a top team. No chance. Um, but what I would say is that you know, Stroll has not been performing particularly great. Um, we'll go on to Esteban Ocon later, but I was saying to you that Esteban Ocon showed that Fernando Alonso is beatable occasionally and Stroll's just not really got anywhere near Fernando all season. Uh, Fernando's got five out of six podiums and Lance hasn't got one yet or been really close to one and I know that the top two is normally locked out by Red Bull but it does make you think is Lance is there even going to be one race where Lance is quicker than Fernando and at the if you ask me now I'd say no, I don't think it's going to happen. No, me neither. That's why I predicted a, a whitewash in qualifying for, for Alonso over Stroll at the start of the year. Um, question from Vic Lou Gray. Does Checo's inability to make any real moves from the back show that overtaking has become too difficult? Well, I mean, it's, it's obviously Monaco, so it's hard to, to kind of measure it as a whole. We know that overtaking has become more difficult in general with the fact that the teams are, are getting used to the the new regulations and if they're getting used to the new regulations it means they're developing parts of the car to not only improve performance but make it harder for cars behind to follow because of course that helps uh, to defend positions if you know you disturb the air as much as you possibly can um, I would say that yes Monaco is very 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 difficult to overtake however I, I, I'm gonna say like, I don't, I'm not sure if it's because I was here that you know you get a bit more excited and, and whatnot but I actually found it really intriguing watching the, the gaps between Verstappen and Alonso and just there was that element of what is Alonso going to do here is he actually going to get track position eventually now I'm not going to say it was an absolute banger because it wasn't by no. any stretch of the imagination and of course the rain has 
glamorized it quite a lot, I would say, as to, yeah. to where it would have been if you rated it out of 10 before the rain hit. Um, but there was, Monaco is that is that race where you, it is all done in the strategy. It's all done in the pit stops. And there and, is jeopardy, yeah. right? Like, even if it had been dry, Verstappen was on, you know, going on mediums for as long as he possibly could when the tyres weren't very good. And, you know, maybe they would have fallen off a bit um, because we've just been waiting for a rain that maybe might not have ever come. And then they'd have both pitted like on the last lap and then would Alonso have caught up because, you know, he can he can do it. So Monaco, yeah, it, it's, it's too hard to overtake. Like, I, I do think Perez would have maybe made some more overtakes. We saw maybe a surprising amount of overtakes for Monaco, really. Uh, the wet weather helped. There was a few um, cheeky dive bombs. Like yeah. the thing with Monaco is, you have to go for the move, and it is it's either going to be clumsy, or you take your front wing off. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, there was a lot of clumsy moves going on out there, mainly done by Perez. There was yeah. uh, uh, signs had a, a clumsy move on Ocon, which. He was very lucky to, one, not wipe both of them out of the race, um, but to also you know, not get a penalty. And, and that, I guess, was because it was minor, a minor bit of contact mm. and, and Ocon carried on. But yeah, Sainz was yeah, a, little bit, a little bit eager uh, on the brakes there. Um, you could tell he was maybe getting slightly uh, frustrated. Yeah, uh, that was a classic Monaco frustration. Any other circuit, and sorry to be a breaking record, but one race a year, where it's a bit different because Ocon's not getting that podium at another race because every car would have breezed past him. Um, Science was so much quicker, but he couldn't get past. And in a weird way, it was kind of interesting because you had a, a, an Alpine in a position that it shouldn't normally be. Whereas, you know, if you're a, a you know, modern circuit, Science just breezes past in the DRS and Ocon has no chance for podium. So um, it's definitely something different. Absolutely. Uh, question from Matt Brown 50. Just how much does today matter in the battle between Max and Checo? Was it almost always going to be a write-off for Sergio after qualifying yesterday? Uh, now, as you may have seen, we've been uh, with Red Bull, so we've actually heard some Q&As and things like that, and Max predicted uh, today that, that Checo could score maybe a couple of points. That's all he thought that was possible uh, from the back of the grid. Uh, so I don't think anyone came in with the expectation of Perez being able to pull off something that would that would you know, minimise the, the, the pain that was going to uh, be after this race. So uh, it's could have just... got eighth or ninth if it wasn't for the clumsy contact and stuff. I think, yeah, I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm wondering even if he could have, though, because of, because of how much the likes of Logan Sargent and the, the other slower cars really did gap the rest of the field that yeah. I mean, cr he pitted, cruised up to the back of Stroll at the time, at the start of the race, but then was just stuck. Um, so, who knows? I think yeah, maybe a few points were on the board, especially with the with the rain. But it's and in terms of the general fight between Max and Checo, I I've kind of clocked out from that now, in the sense of yeah, yeah, Checo has had a good start to the year again, but he had that last year as well. But there are these moments where. He just doesn't perform to the level of which he should. You know, making a huge mistake in qualifying has essentially ruined his entire weekend. It's like crashing out in the race, really, qualifying for Monaco, because yep. um, his chances were completely scuppered. So it's, it's hard to see past Max Verstappen because you just don't see those mistakes anywhere nearly as often. Like, he is, you just know he's going to perform to a level that is very, very hard to beat. 
I think that race showed more than anything that um, Sergio Perez is a very good driver, but that race proved that there's a difference between a very good driver and an all-time... I think Max is an all-time great already. Um, you know, he's 39 wins, which is scary. I mean, yeah, if uh, people will be like, how can he be an all-time great already? If you've got 39 wins... <laughs> he's on, he's on, very on high on that list. Two world titles. Yeah. He hasn't proved himself, let's say, in three or four different eras of Formula One and different regulations like Hamilton has, for example, but... Yeah. In the time in which he's been done in the sport, done two so far. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, he's done pretty well for himself. Uh, and even even though he's twenty seconds down the road, he was still sending it into every corner, touching the barriers occasionally. He said as well. And I think it might have gone slightly amiss, or maybe I don't feel as though maybe spoke about spoke about spoken about enough. Let's try and get my own words out as well. Uh, is his ability to have not crashed at the end when that rain came down? on 55 lap old medium tyres in the lead of the race with with Alonso bearing down coming into the pits. We didn't see hardly anything in terms of an onboard from him, which I would have loved to have seen the leader on 55 lap old mediums with heavy rain coming down. Because I feel like we missed out maybe slightly on that. But it's it's a testament again that he was able to to keep it on the road, unlike some other drivers. Signs obviously spun off. You had so much chaos going on. I'm trying to remember all the things of, of, of drivers falling off. Magnussen, what what was Magnussen doing? <laughs> that man just it was puddles everywhere, and Hass were like, just stay out. It on might hard tires dry out. as well. Like, what are you doing? Oh, it's just ridiculous, wasn't it? It was it was laughable. Yeah, because it was one of those things where he was staying out for so long that he'd have probably lost a whole pit stop in two laps, so it's literally pointless. You're not you're not going to achieve anything. It's not going to instantly become bone dry in you know a lap, mm. uh, and you've already lost all that time, and you're going to bin it. So it was just a crazy roll of the dice, um, and then people tried full wets because the Inters were struggling, but that was when Perez was being the guinea pig. Yeah, he just wanted they. I guess Red Bull just wanted to use him as a yeah a bit of a test subject to see whether the wets would, would switch on if the rain was going to come down more and, and it was a, a clever thing from Red Bull to do because what else are you going to use Perez for uh, in, in that in that state and then of course you had Russell and Perez coming together Russell that saying after the race that he threw away a very easy P3 by making that mistake and then obviously rejoining in an unsafe manner Perez smacks into him uh, it was it was carnage at points there was 10 laps I'd say of just like Oh my word! This is crazy, because um, it because it was a, it was a slow burner, and even if it hadn't have rained, like I said, we might have got something exciting with the strategy. But when it rained, boy, was it just like it, it showed that you know you didn't you didn't get overtaking and stuff, but it just showed that it was just dramatic and and you just had so much going on that it was just like you didn't know where to look. People going off. Um, yeah, it was it was really really exciting, and also I cannot believe there was not a safety car. No, there wasn't. No was one there? binned it into the wall apart from Stroll, obviously. Just but in terms of like a full on total needs to be craned out. That never, we didn't have a safety car in a in a race where a <laughs> rainstorm came <laughs> out of nowhere when a lot of the drivers are on really worn tyres and a lot of them went off. Uh, I think Sergeant completely messed up at the hairpin and you thought someone's going to go off where there's no runoff or something mm-hmm. um, but no one did and actually speaking of uh, the rain something I haven't mentioned 
yet um, that I don't think we're going to come on to. But in a weird thing that I never thought we'd say about Monaco, because normally it's a race where people are just looking forward to the end, it would have been fascinating to see another 10, maybe 15 laps, because it was so dry at the end that I think... I think people would have been pitting on that final, like what the final lap was. If there's 10 laps, people would have been gambling at that point because it was bone dry. And then we'd have seen another change of the conditions and it might have switched up again. So what you're saying is you would have liked maybe a 90 to 100 lap race around Monaco. <laughs> but only if it's the exact window <laughs> of rain. Okay, cool. Yeah, no, you, you didn't want much. You know, you got the rainstorm, Tommy. Yeah. Now you wanted the wet to dry as well. Like how much more do you want from the weather? Uh, but yeah, it's, it would have been fascinating, apart from the fact Verstappen was about 25 seconds down the road. If it yeah. had been maybe 10, that might have been a little bit more interesting. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Another question from Jacob Dean HRN. Can Monaco now be considered as one of the best races this year just because of the pit stop strategies? Well, I think you can also throw in the rain, to be honest with you there, Jacob. Yeah. Like, that was the main thing that, that put it right up there. And the pit stop strategies were, yeah, by the by, I don't think there was a huge amount that was exciting about that, of course, as I said. Alonso was quite interesting to watch to see if he could genuinely try and challenge Max at one point. But I think the rain and the jeopardy of those 10 to 15 laps really sort of thrust Monaco right to the top of the, the pile, really, of this year so far. Yeah, and what, what I would say is Monaco is such a unique race, it's, you can't really judge it compared to others. Um, but I think that race did show that we need strategy in Formula 1. We don't need one-stop races where everyone starts on the same tyre and pits because we had an interesting story that the leaders were all on different tyres. You know, you had people on hards, mediums, to try something different because it was hard to overtake but we need that at a normal track we need two stops we need because it doesn't really matter too much um about having thousands and thousands of overtakes we all love overtaking but when people are pitting and the race is evolving and changing through pit stops and different strategies it, it keeps the race entertaining at all times um and i think that's that's something that again they need to look at absolutely but well done Monica I think you did a very you very good right. job like <laughs> you, you you did good for an old girl you know what I yeah. mean um let's quickly talk about Esteban Ocon uh who actually said to the to the microphone to the cameras uh, was it Esty Besties, Esty on, Besties the podium, on the podium baby, baby. which uh well 
that's that's quite cool uh, and kind of squashes unless you've seen the the podcast we did squashes any thoughts of him not liking the uh, term SD bestie because he called him it himself which is uh, is quite something but uh, an he amazing said, performance he said on our podcast if he wins a race he'll say SD bestie is P1 didn't quite happen it wasn't quite there but he did do the SD bestie thing for his podium and so we need him to win ASAP that's that's one of the main reasons why I wanted Verstappen Alonso to have a little <laughs> whoops a daisy and then Ocon wins so that then he goes drops our branding in there yeah Esty Bestie is P1 with Matt and Tommy <laughs> but Ocon what a drive not to be pessimistic but that could legitimately be the only midfield podium we see this year bearing in mind you've got four top teams it's going to be so rare. We only saw one last year, Lando, and it was a chaotic wet race like this. So you're probably going to need that again. Um, unbelievable drive. I apologise for missing this, but I've heard a lot of people mention that potentially Rossi, as in not Valentino, the Laurent Rossi, Laurent Rossi, um, maybe saying something about Esteban not performing or something. I, d I don't know what it was, but they were talking about that maybe said something about Ocon, weirdly, and he's kind of been under pressure from Alpine, which is very strange to me because I don't get where that's come from. Like Ocon is not performing badly this year, but that race, what a drive, amazing quality, amazing race, and you know, look, look what Stroll is doing against Alonso and can't get anywhere near him. And look what Ocon did against Alonso. And, you know, he got, had the more fortune at Alpine, but he could beat him in qualifying on certain days and could outrace him. And I, 100% Ocon is the most underrated driver in F1. Like, no doubt. Yeah, and I put a tweet out after the race saying I think it's about time that we respect Esteban Ocon as a really good driver because he's, of course, a race winner, which, yes, there was some luck. There was a yep. Nicholas Latifi in the way of most of the field, <laughs> but he still fought off Sebastian Vettel to, to win uh, that race, and he has had podiums in the past. He's shown great pace, and I think, again, he's one of those drivers that is proving that if he has the package underneath him and he's confident with it, he can deliver to an, a really high level um, because Alpine looked really good, didn't they? In qualifying, yeah, yeah. they were right up there. And then Ocon, managing to put it so high up on the grid, of course, helped with Leclerc getting his penalty. And then using the characteristics of Monaco, Saturday is the most important day. Yep. He delivered. And then, to be fair as well, his defence on Carlos Sainz was, you ain't coming past, yep. boy, which, of course, is Monaco. It's, it's quite, quite difficult to pass anyway. But... Especially in those rainy conditions, it was carnage. Yeah. And he still just about managed to hold on. He did. And yeah, just such a great drive. And let's not forget, Ocon at the start of his career was brilliant in his debut with uh, Force India. You know, did great against Perez. And he was very highly rated in his, in his first year. Obviously had that break. And if you remember going way back a bit, but... Um, Bottas, when Bottas wasn't performing against Hamilton, there was this big narrative of like, Ocon was was like what Russell was, um, of like, get Ocon in that Mercedes, he'd be better. Loads of fans were saying it. And um, yeah, he's had an incredible junior career. And I think he's done really well in F1 as well. And um, yeah, what a performance. Absolutely. Uh, so we now move to crowning our biggest 
winner. Oh, come <laughs> I think that pretty much... Let's. Okay, I'll think of another winner. You're going with Esteban Ocon. Yeah. Um, I believe Oscar Piastri as a, a bit of... A, not Maybe not the biggest winner, but like a consolation prize because I think he, again, was very much on the pace with, with Lando this weekend. And let's not forget, Lando uh, is a very, very good driver around Monaco despite the, the mistakes he made in qualifying. But... I noticed that Piastri was doing pretty well as well. So I think he deserves a shout out um, amongst all of the chaos of what was the Monaco Grand Prix. And then the biggest loser. Okay, which one are you going to take? <laughs> I was literally about to say, who wants Perez yeah. and who wants Stroll? I'll take, I'll take Stroll. I'll go for Perez. Yeah, that, that is a race both of them want to forget for the rest of time. Now, let's reflect on our predictions now, shall we? And Tommy might get his smug face out at some point. In <laughs> fact, actually, he got so smug, he put it on Twitter, sipping a martini spritz. Uh, to Why don't you explain who you were replying to? It was just someone basically saying that I should be a comedian because Ocon, why am I going for Ocon for Biggest Good Surprise in Monaco? And I don't think I'll ever make a better prediction than that, to be fair, because, yeah... Boy, was that a good surprise. Like I said, could well be the only midfield runner that gets a podium this year. So, well done, SD Bestie. Well done, Tommy, as well. Thank so, you. that is one point. And I went for biggest good surprise, Fernando Alonso. And I think I deserve a point here as well. Nearly pole position, P2, after not, I'm not saying that Aston Martin fell off, but there was that slight dip where you went, oh, they're not actually that close to Red Bull. Then you come here and they, they gave us some kind of race, at least, unless, you know, of course, towards the end, uh, Max stretched his legs and Aston Martin made a, maybe a strategy blunder. Let us know what you think. Um, so, point, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Cool, what, all right. What, <laughs> what a crazy scenario. You think back to when uh, Fernando Alonso joined Aston Martin and they were, what, last in the constructors? Were they, they were behind uh, Williams, were they? No, maybe no, ninth. No, 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 just no. only, just one ahead of Williams, that we'd be you'd be going, Alonso finished second in Aston Martin. Does that count as a good surprise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's so weird that Alonso gets so a podium. Good. It's just well, it's common now, isn't yeah, it? But five I, out of six races, Fernando Alonso on the podium, 12 points behind Perez in the championship. Not sure if that says more about Perez or Alonso. <laughs> I think it's a mixture of both. Yeah. Um, so yeah, points for both of us. Well done. We now go to biggest flop. I went for Charles Leclerc, who had a decent qualifying, then got a three-place penalty, which I think is rather floppy. Uh, and then, of course, in the race, strategy didn't go the way in which he was hoping for. He didn't particularly blame Ferrari or anything. It just was the wrong side of the uh, of the coin and finished P6. So sixth and sixth, that's that's mm, rather... It's that's, borderline. It's borderline. Because he, he's beaten his teammate. It's like... It was weird because I think this one has to open up to you guys because... I think it's pretty floppy. Qualifying... I mean, he's a qualifying beast. It's kind of like, qualify like a beast. he's not done as well as he thought at Monaco, but was it a disaster? Not really. It says biggest flop, not biggest disaster. Uh, and it depends how you measure mm, a flop. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> I think Let me know in the see. comments yeah. if, I get, if I get a point or not, please, chat. Uh, chat? I'm not, I'm not live on Twitch. <laughs> uh, viewers, listeners. Viewers. Um, okay, cool. So we will just wait and see what the comments say. Uh, and the top comment with the top upvotes will be the one as to whether or not I get a point. Please, come on. Sixth place round Monaco. Tommy, what's yours? Um, I was Lewis Hamilton, which um, knew... That looked like it was on pretty... A lot of time. Like qualifying. Yeah. You were like, oh, free practice as well. 
Yeah. And then uh, he was like, no. And then he just kept making it through and yeah, had a had a decent race. I can't believe the both Ferraris ended up behind the Max after all that. Didn't didn't see that coming. That's pretty biggest floppy if you ask me. Uh, pole position. I went for Fernando Alonso. Oh, now close. I wanna I wanna talk about potentially a half point <laughs> no. here. Because what a prediction that almost was, and it was correct until two corners from the end, half a point. <laughs> if Max hadn't have done the most insane swimming pool section. That's uh, why I was gutted in the video that we shared. It was obviously gutted that Alonso didn't get pole, but also because I knew there was a, there was a point or a couple <laughs> of points actually up for grabs, which was, uh, was very upsetting. Yeah, but no points. And uh, Charles Leclerc, no points either. Yeah, that, that was, I mean, to be fair, qualified third but then started sixth okay my top three i went for alonso verstappen perez no points no good although that could have been two very close to <laughs> but got it the wrong way around because i was on the hype train for fernando but at least i didn't jinx him no and my predictions were terrible i went for leclerc perez science so none the of them even of on the podium sixth out of those <laughs> three <laughs> yeah that's mad <laughs> Yeah, well, that wasn't great. Um, yeah, really hanging on to my Esti Besti prediction. You really that. are. You wanted 10 points for yeah. that, didn't you? Um, and then for the one crazy prediction, I said it won't rain and I will gladly score no points yeah. because that, well done. that that helped, right? You know, you're welcome. Um, because <laughs> to be fair, through Friday and Saturday, after when we did the predictions, the forecasts were bad. Like, it looked like it was going to rain the whole weekend. We were like, oh no, we're going to a race and it's going to you know, be pouring with rain. But it, it, it wasn't and then the heavens opened. Uh, my yep. point went down the drain, but the race got exciting. Sure did. I went for Red Bull strategy blunder. No. 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 Argue, Unless the argue, strategy is not crashing into the wall. Yeah. You'd argue that um, it was Aston Martin that made the strategy blunder. And uh, yeah. No points apart from Ocon. So we both scored one point this week. Uh, potentially, depends what chat says. Oh, chat, help me out. Chat, why am I calling you chat? This is not I live. I said chat as well. I know, you just screwed me over. <laughs> anyway, Tommy, let's just very quickly reflect on Monaco and what we've experienced uh, these last few days. Yes. Um, how, how can you sum up what you've experienced and, and, and what you've lived through these last few days? I can't. <laughs> no. Right, moving on. <laughs> no, it has genuinely been the most surreal, unbelievable weekend of my entire life. Like, I, I cannot believe, just, just getting into Monaco, like, this morning, I've seen it on our stories, we were getting the, the boat in, and Toto Wolf was in front of us, gave us a little wave, and it was just like, what is this whole weekend you know we're just two plebs like you've said many times like die-hard f1 fans that have got to experience like the most unbelievable f1 experience and just i just never thought i'd be able to do something like this so uh yes it's been very 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 good i loved it yeah, it's been uh, one of the most special moments of my life, genuinely. It's uh, everything about it has been unbelievable. Uh, I know, of course, I'm stepping into enemy territory, uh, going into Red Bull, uh, <laughs> but they were amazing. There were so many yeah. lovely, friendly people there that, that worked for Red Bull, and I'm like, 
you don't hate me, do you? Surprisingly, they don't. Yeah, they literally came and filmed us because you lot had been like, because they'd put up the question thing where you go, what do you want to see? And then lots of people submit stuff. And a lot of you were going, Matt and Tommy, Matt and Tommy. So we filmed a story for Red Bull and it's on their bloody Instagram the, right now. I love the, the it was like, the, yeah, the who do you want to see question. And it's like, Matt P1 and Tommy P1. And then the next one is Kylie Minogue. It's like, it's <laughs> like, yeah, slight yeah, there's us and then there's Kylie Minogue. Um, but no, it, I, I've tried so desperately to soak every second yeah. in. And I just kept looking at my watch going, oh, it's you know, Saturday, it's 1 p.m., still got a few more spritz to get down me. And, you know, I'm just trying to just look around and be like, I'm in Monaco for the Grand yachts. Prix. There's yachts, there's, you know, the, you, you just, you just, oh God, it's just unbelievable. I don't know what other superlatives I can use. And I don't really know how to process it. I think it might take me a few days yeah. uh, um, after you get home and you just really reflect on what, what happened because, we can't believe we're here. You probably can't believe we're here. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what the hell? There's people that are going, oh, you know, they let anyone in these days. And I'm like, quite frankly, they do, they clearly, do, because we, are here. we were there. Um, but I just want to say, as I always do, thank you to everyone that listens, to, watch, to watching our videos, to allowing us to be at the stage we are with P1, where we're getting invited to bloody Monaco to go and yeah. do a race. Uh, we'll go and do a race. We didn't race ourselves, but go to the race. I've never done it before, um, and it's something I'll never ever forget. And as well, like we've loved doing these bits of silly content in my hotel room, putting a tripod up, filming, chatting with you guys, and maybe it's something we can do more of in the future when we do go away and do things. Um, because your your messages, the, th the messages of support that you've sent over the last few days have been absolutely overwhelming. The stories we've been putting up and, and I've read every single one of your messages that you've sent in to just say that you're really happy for us. And yeah, it's uh, it's been absolutely incredible. So I just wanted to have a little segment and so did Tommy as yeah. well to, to just share a little bit about that and also to thank you lot for, for being amazing and supporting us uh, through every step step of this crazy wild adventure it's very crazy i think that's putting it mildly and on that note tommy final thoughts final thoughts are you might be able to hear um, that you might not yeah, you the might DJ not is popping but, off out yeah there. um i just yeah what can i say um i am trying to soak soak this all up it's going to be very weird um when we're back to normality this place is very like it is like another planet it is it's just it's like it's... butlins on steroids <laughs> what a what a crazy you know, you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. but like it's like a it's its own neighborhood it's its own like world really isn't it, it? is it... it's just like nothing else um it's wild so yeah um Wow. Okay, cool, brilliant. What a, well, Tommy, what a weekend. Tommy.exe <laughs> has stopped working. My final thoughts are thank you, Monaco, for the rain and thank you for creating a, a rather spicy race for us to talk about. Um, we will be back, of course, for more funniest tweets will be coming out. We'll do our driver ratings where we'll go through each driver a bit more specifically and when we've had a bit of time to maybe soak up what's actually happened in the race as well. So we can yeah. give you a bit more deeper dive analysis uh, than perhaps what we've done in this podcast. But <laughs> we'll see you very soon for another podcast slash video. Bye. Bye. P1 is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network.
ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Jesse Cruikshank. Jesse Cruikshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl. Let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.